Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, how are you, friend? Hey, man. You know what? I'm happy that we still have jobs in the media. Big news Ooh. today, you know? Big, Head- big TV news anchor news. Heads are rolling. Not ours. No one nope. fired us yet. Nope. I mean, you know, nobody can, technically. Would you have fired me already? I mean, y- yeah, if it meant that I got the money that you were supposed to be making. And then who would book the show? Well, the the show would just fall apart immediately. <laughs> I don't think I would have fired you. If I had full fired, I wouldn't fire you. No, uh, no. Look, it's we got a pretty lean operation here. It's you, me and Daryl. Daryl, Daryl, what? Hey, uh, Daryl, what do you think of Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon both getting the axe? Those are my boys. Both of them are your boys, Daryl? Love those guys. Do you have any idea who either one is? Basketball players. Very good. Thanks, Daryl. We'll be back to you later. Anytime. Ward, how is it possible that the bit never gets better? <laughs> it's, I am. How? How is it possible that it just gets worse? You're an improv guy. Let's be clear. I did improv. I was not particularly good at it. Okay, but Ward. When we started doing the Daryl bit, it was the worst bit that had ever been done in podcasting or recorded audio history. Dance with the one who brought you. But in the in the time since, we have done it multiple times, and it doesn't get one iota better. My setups are terrible. Your um, payoffs are terrible. I mean, we are terrible <laughs> together. We are terrible together. It is. It is remarkable that it has not gotten better. I am curious because I think I've seen one comment ever about Daryl. Yeah. Are people just really like, meh, I'm just waiting for the guest to to come on? They're not Uh, listening to this part. Yeah. I mean, most are. Most are not. But I would think he would be more polarizing. 
and by polarizing, I mean, I would think more people like they were with the siren call. I would have thought at this point we did it enough that they'd be like, guys, no more Daryl. Okay. Yeah. Well, they'd be right if that's what if that was the request. That would be correct. To be clear, we've never planned to have Daryl on the show. No, do you think it would get better if we planned it, Ward? I don't. No, either do I. It's a real sad situation. What I do know though is that we are, as always. I screwed it up. I added as always because I thought you were still coming down off the Daryl bit. No, I was I was ready to go. Powered by. <laughs> one more time third time's a charm as always we are powered by communitycars.com sponsor of the pod hoosier hysterics legends talk with and fade out i'm just gonna hit you with the slogan don't be a jackass. Buy your car from Community Cars, communitycars.com. How much do you think Evan and the family like that slogan? Well, it might be borderline Daryl bit at this point where they're like, well, it was funny the first couple times, Eric, but maybe not anymore. Or, or maybe sales are up. Could be that sales are up. Could be that sales are up due to that slogan. <laughs> yeah. That slogan alone. I've Look, heard they might be printing some posters. Uh, I will tell you that we love Evan and the Community Cars family because of what they mean to the Indiana University community and the Bloomington community at large. They are employers of about 300 people in the greater Bloomington area. They are supporters of Indiana Athletics. They are supporters of IUNIL and RNIL. They have been from day one. They are a supporter of the events that we do and a sponsor of the events that we do. They've just been an incredible friend to us and an incredible partner to indiana university and if you're going to spend a lot of money and that's what happens when you buy a car these days wouldn't it be nice to know that your money's going to a, a family that cares about the things you care about which is indiana university athletics and specifically indiana university basketball that's why i'm all for them they're good people they're a good time they're they're not somebody sitting back there like Scrooge McDuck, just just trying to get your dollars so they can swim around in it in their gold vault. No, they are um just decent human beings that are a good hang and are so generous with their time and money when it comes to the community and Indiana University and the program. And quite frankly, we have a guest on today who is uh, our first ever, was our first ever Hoosier Hysteric Ambassador, and um, Evan and Community Cars made that partnership possible. They were a huge part of it, for sure. All right, so let's just touch base, Ward, on let's not belabor it because it's been belabored on Twitter and on message boards. But look, not a good week for Indiana University recruiting efforts. Not a good week in the transfer portal. Chris Ledlam, who we seem to be in the lead for, uh, that turned out, if it was the case, that lead went away quick after a weekend official visit to Tennessee and then an in-home visit that Tennessee and the staff were able to execute on the day that he ended up committing to them. That wasn't good, and that was followed days later with Dalton Connect, uh, Northern Calif uh, Colorado sharpshooter who also committed to Tennessee. 
That was followed by Cormac Ryan committed to North Carolina. I mean, it's just, it's been uh, Timberlake committed to Kansas. It's just been a, a run of shooters and guards that we aren't landing. But you know what, man? I'm just going to focus on this. If you don't want to be here, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just why I'm so, I, I'm getting too emotional getting into each one of these. But I know what Indiana is. You know what Indiana is. Everybody that has been on our podcast knows what Indiana is. Everybody that's been a fan knows what it is. And the guy that's on our podcast today, who's going to be a lot better than any of these sons of bitches who haven't decided to come to Indiana in this transfer portal, he understands what it means to be at Indiana. And if you can't figure that out, if you get so distracted by fancy, shiny toys and that distracts you, and I'm not making a reference to NIL, I'm just saying other shit, and you can't see that Indiana is the right place to play basketball and the best place for you to start your your career in basketball, then go F yourself and let's go find the guy that wants to. Period. End of story for me. I've been saying it about all three of those guys you mentioned, unless it was four, but all of them, sleazebags. They're all sleazebags. <laughs> going to play for sleazebag coaches. Going, all of them going to play for Bruce Pearl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruce Pearl, you son of a bitch. Rick Barnes, great guy, though. Look, uh, the, look the, we, the other big thing that did happen. Oh, go ahead, Ward. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to just say, uh, I don't know who's left out there. You know, we're we're these these handful of names rise to the top. And when they don't work out, it is deflating because there's not necessarily that next batch of names to step in and suddenly become a part of the conversation. There are a few more floating around, but um, I mean, this is what we have to do. These are our games in the off season where we can win and lose. And we started off with a big, a big win, you know, and, and it seemed like we were rolling and that how could we ever find anybody um, to even come close to doing what trace did for us and nobody on earth can um but we found a guy that we can put down there at the five and be really excited about and now it's like okay now let's sprinkle in these shooters and and it wouldn't be as painful if this conversation hadn't been going for many years running of like okay now we just need to get some shooters okay now we just need to focus on some shooters and now here we are uh entering late april being like okay so we gotta get some shooters so i think that really compounds um a handful of misses which you're always going to have whether it been recruiting or now in the portal but it just sort of feels like a program that we grew up watching some of the, I mean, it doesn't matter generation, what generation you are. You could have grown up watching Jimmy rail. You know what I mean? Like we just have good shooters at IU. And it's like, why won't one of you come here and shoot for us? Yeah. I mean, not since Tom Crean, that's the truth. Not since Crean was here. He was a great <laughs> shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sad. But again, I'm going to just focus on you and I are going to root for Indiana and love Indiana no matter what. At least we know that the players that are coming here want to be here, and I'm going to root for them. So that's where we are. The other thing that is kind of exciting to try to start getting your recruiting mojo back is that the 2023 recruiting season is upon us. 
And this last weekend, with events spread out over the country, there were Indiana coaches were four deep. Woody's recovering from his knee surgery, so he couldn't go out. Jordy Holes took his place in the allotment of coaches that could go out. And uh, we're in on some shooters. We, we made some offers to some shooters, and we offered Dominique Wilkins' son, which I just think is exciting. I loved watching that guy dunk the basketball. He was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Give us give us some of that. That we just need to find is Spud Webb's kid uh, coming up. <laughs> you know, just uh, Those Atlanta teams were a good time. They were a good time. So uh, pigs.com is the place to go for all the people that were recruiting. Curtis Givens, another Mount Verde kid, obviously all over Liam McNeely, all over Jaden Mustaff. All over um, Aaron, Sh- I don't know how to pronounce that last name, Schwartz or Schwartz? I thought Schwartz. it was Schwartz. Is it? May the Schwartz be with you? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I try not to say kids' names publicly until I've heard yeah. somebody I'll who bet knows. he's not Jewish. <laughs> yeah, you never know. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you do. yeah you do all right man well listen we couldn't think of a better guy to have on the podcast this week so let's just nip this one in the bud and get right to this young man here comes our guest here comes our guest ladies and gentlemen boys and girls this is a hoosier hysterics ambassador success story um this is a gentleman we are oh so proud to have back on the show um, and you know, it's once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier. That's what we say here. This gentleman is always a Hoosier, but he's got some things cooking. He's moving on to other pastures. Eric, who do we got? What's he up to? Well, look, this is bittersweet. Let's not kid ourselves. This yep. is bittersweet because is. I already miss this guy. Mm-hmm. I already miss him. I feel like we just got to know him, but I also feel like we've known him for 40 years. Like I just don't remember my life before this guy, but we are talking to a gentleman hailing from Penn Hills, Pennsylvania, by way of Charlotte, back to Pittsburgh, back to Charlotte, down to Mount Verde, to Bloomington. We are talking to a man who is named third-team All-Big Ten by the coaches and second-team All-Big Ten by the media. You know why he was named third-team by the coaches? Because that Matt Painter son of a bitch didn't like what he did to him. That's right. That's why he was third-team with the coaches. We are talking to the Big Ten freshman of the year, and just quite frankly, to steal what Ward has been saying for many months now, we are talking to the best Indiana point guard since Isaiah Thomas in his freshman year. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to a gentleman getting ready for the NBA. Please welcome, in his exit interview, Jalen Hood Shafino. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. So tell us what you're doing right now. Let's get into it. Where are you? What's happening in your life? Oh, man. Obviously, I made the leap to, you know, decide to enter my name into the draft. So right now I'm in L.A. um, doing pre-draft workouts. So what are those like? Yeah, tell us about the pre-draft workouts. You know, what's your your typical day right now now here in L.A.? Man, pre-draft workouts, uh, this is definitely going to be like the hardest workouts that you know, anybody going through this process will ever have to face again. Cause obviously you're trying to prepare for, you know, these team workouts. Um, and then further on, you're trying to prepare for the summer league. So, I mean, it's a lot of conditioning, getting up a lot of shots and obviously just working on your overall game. So for me, get up in the morning, breakfast, do PT, 
um, pre-court um, basketball workout, um, relax for a little bit, and then hit a lift, cold tubs, then get lunch, then hit, hit out of there. So it's obviously, you know, a full, a full, not a full day, but a full morning, and then you, know, you kind of get the rest of the day to kind of relax. So, but it's, it's definitely tough, and it's I, I only been out for a couple of days, but I feel like I've gotten a lot better. And where are you in LA? What part of LA are you in? I'm in Agora Hills. Oh yeah, are you, is it is the Mamba Academy part of this? Are you out at the Mamba Academy? No, we're working on um, proactive sports. Oh, okay, very good, very yeah. good. And who so is leading those workouts? Yeah, who's who's? Uh, do you have many people working with you in these different yeah. stages? Yes, so it's a, it's actually a part of my agency, CAA. So it's like different. There's different players out here, obviously, you know, declare for the draft. And, you know, as far as the workouts um, on the court, you know, Don McClain is running it. You know, he played for UCLA. Sure. Yeah. NBA. And then, um, you know, the proactive guys, you know, who's helping us work on our body, you know, getting great nutrition in us. So it's, it's been great for me, man, honestly. And I'm just curious. And when do you work in your second semester schoolwork in this schedule? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's, that's, that's actually it. Yeah, that's actually a big part that I miss. Um, yeah, I still got to finish up my classes. So, you know, I'll talk to you know my academic advisor, Low, normally like in the afternoon, evening time, and try to get as much work done as I can. So, you know, I've kind of been keeping up with that and been doing good. And you know, the second semester is coming to to an end. So, yeah, just a couple weeks away. And yeah, it, so is the thought that you would at some point get back? to not physically to Bloomington necessarily um, down the road, maybe get the other classes you need over time to get the degree or, or is it something you'll kind of continuously do um, moving forward? No, definitely. I mean, that was, you know, when I talked to coach Woodson and had my meeting with him and letting him know that, you know, this was obviously going to be my you know plan and you know, I wanted to make the leap. You know, I had to make a problem. I had to make a promise to him that, you know, I would come back and finish school and get my degree. So, you know, definitely at some point, you know, whether it's early or, you know, later down the line, I definitely want to go back and, you know, finish school. So we're going to talk about the season. But before we talk about the season, you know, the story about your recruitment to Indiana, I think that everybody thought, and tell us where we're wrong here, but everybody thought Jalen is an NBA player in time. I don't think everybody knew exactly when that would be, but we knew you had the physical tools, the mental makeup, the work ethic. The thing that Ward and I have been impressed with you since the first time we talked to you is just your demeanor, your maturity. You had all the things you needed. But I think many people thought, all right, maybe probably a two-year player at Indiana. And clearly you blew up. You just got better and better as the season went on. When you came to Indiana, did you – was it a goal of yours to get to the NBA as quickly as you could? And when – in the season, did you kind of know, I think this is it for me. I think I'm ready to take that leap. I mean, I'll I'll trace back to me just being a little kid, like being in the backyard, four or five, five years old. You know, my goal was to always be an NBA player. So, I mean, from that point on, I always, you know, worked hard and always said I was going to be in the NBA. So fast forward to me being in high school and coming out of high school. I mean, a lot of people doubted me didn't thought I'd be in college for this amount of years and whatnot. And I'm always the type of person that, you know, I let my work speak for itself. And, you know, I'm the type of person that stays in the moment. And you know, obviously I knew I was going into a great situation at Indiana. You know, I love the coach and staff, and, you know, my teammates. So and when I got to Indiana, you know, I was just being myself, being Jalen, you know, worked hard, you know, did what I did on the court. And um, 
if I'm being honest, like I did, obviously, like like I said, I wanted to make it to the NBA. So I had a goal that you know, I wanted to, you know, get to the NBA. So, um, you know, I wasn't like forcing anything. I was going with the flow. Like I said, I loved Indiana. And, you know, I think just throughout the year, um, you know, I had great games. You know, I played well. And, you know, it led me to be in a position that I'm in now. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it 10 more times. But what you did in Mackey alone cements you as an as an Indiana legend. Well, you're just skipping yeah. to the best part. You already talked about <laughs> it in your intro. Fair, fair yeah. enough. Okay, fair but enough. look, and we will get more into the season and how great it was to watch you play. But there's so much more I kind of want to unpack about what you have to do between now and June 22nd, when by every single article, report, mock draft I've seen, you were going, you're going in the first round, you're going probably pretty high in the first round, but that's all based on what you've done, the tape that they've seen and what people are talking about. What are you trying to really improve upon between now and the time you're working out for individual teams and stuff like that? What are some parts of your game you're like, oh, I got a few weeks, I really want to hit this? I mean, everything really, you know, I'm only 19 years old, so I think my game, has a lot more to get better at, you know, in every aspect. So for me being out here, you know, obviously I don't need to, you know, make any, you know, changes to what I'm doing, but obviously just sharpening things up and, you know, continue to work every day. And, you know, for me, I want to go into the NBA workouts, obviously performing and showcasing, you know, my talents, but, you know, being vocal, you know, doing things that, you know, a lot of other players won't do. So, you know, right now, like you said, I don't really pay attention to any mock drafts or anything. So I don't really see what they say about me, but as far as me, you know, I obviously want to, be the highest pick as I can, you know, lottery pick and whatnot. So I feel like if I just, you know, be myself and, you know, we still got interviews, team workouts and things, I think everything else will, you know, take care of itself. I'm with Ward. There's so many questions I want to ask about this. Listen, I got to ask you to look into the future just for this question. Look, man, you know that I've gotten to know your mom over the last year and a half. I love your family. We know how close you are to your sister. I know how hard your mom has worked to raise you to the great young man that you are. You're going to be in a position in a couple months where you're going to have financial stability in a way that you dreamed of probably since you were a kid. Have you thought about the first thing you're going to buy with that money? I, I actually haven't. You know, I, I mean, I, I feel like now it's a little different just because of you know the NIL space. I think you know, obviously receiving NIL money. Yeah, and- I know. We wrote you checks. Yeah, I know all about it. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, but just, you know, having NIL and kind of learning how to, you know, manage that, you know, save money and things like that, I think it's helped me and probably, you know, the rest of the kids out there nowadays. So, but for me, I haven't, like, said, you know, I want to buy this or I need to buy that. But, I mean, I, I think probably an apartment would probably be the first thing I would probably buy and, you know, go, go from there. I'm not going to buy you- I love it. Have you, with your NIL money, did you buy anything silly or did you use the money wisely? I used my money greatly. Like I, I didn't buy anything crazy. Like I was pretty good with it. You know, I'm not good. the type of person that too flash or anything. Obviously I would you know, treat myself by myself, you know, some clothes or some shoes or anything, but that's, I didn't overdo it. Like I didn't buy anything like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a big, a big chain around your neck or anything like that. Is there yeah. Um, do they have, whether it be through IU or something you, you found, you know, with your mom or somebody or, or even with CAA and this program you're doing now, have you been 
given advice on because you now you're going to come into a whole nother level of money do they have people around to help you figure out the best way to do that because i'm 44 and i would have no idea what i should be doing with the kind of money you're going to be making soon Uh, definitely i mean i'm only 19 so i'm young you know this is i'm going into a situation that you know i've never been in but luckily like you said, I have my mom around me, you know, I have agents, you know, financial advisor. And, you know, I actually, I know a, a lot of guys in the league. So, you know, I got to pick their brands a little bit and, you know, they gave me advice. I know last year when I was out in LA, I got to talk to, you know, Chris Paul for a while and, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of, he kind of broke it down for me. You know, you get this amount of money, you know, you still got to pay taxes. So, you know, just like I said, I talked to, you know, many people and, you know, they held with it a lot. So I feel like now I kind of have a, I'm not going to say I have, know the best understanding of it because i'm still young and i don't necessarily know but i kind of have a clear understanding and just the type of person i am you know i'm not going to splurge my money or spend it all. i'm going to be smart with it and you know get the things i need and you know, here and there you got to cheat yourself and get some things that you want but <laughs> but for the most part i think i'll be great with my money no doubt can, can you talk a little bit more about the meeting that you had with woody when you told him i think everybody knew jalen you know i think everybody kind of anticipated it and could read the tea leaves but then you do have to have your last meeting with Woody. What was that meeting like? I mean, yeah, it was me, him, and, you know, the other assistant coaches. Um, I mean, I, I think I, my, you know, play this year kind of spoke for itself. And after this, when we had our meeting, it wasn't really like a, you know, I had to tell coach, like, you know, it's kind of like we kind of already knew and it was like sure. coming around. And, you know, he just wanted to make sure I was in the, you know, best situation. Um, he kind of already knew, you know, the talks of me being a first round pick. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like I, I did my job at Indiana. Um, obviously we didn't get to, you know, win the big 10 tournament or win a national championship, but from a, you know, personal standpoint, I feel like I played well and, you know, I put myself in this position. So, you know, when I talked to him and the rest of the coaches, you know, they were supportive of it. You know, they just thanked me for, you know, what I did for the program. Well, and that what you're continuing to do for the program, not only just with your play and your success this season and what's about to happen on the national stage for you being drafted and being part of an NBA roster, but all reports say that you've still been one of the best recruiters for Indiana University even after you decided that you were going to the NBA. What What is it about you that just wants to tell other young fellas coming up that Bloomington's the place to be? Yeah, I, yeah, people always say I'm a great recruiter, but, you know, I'm going to definitely lead that to the coaches. You know, our coaches do a great job um, recruiting guys. And, you know, me personally, if I'm a player, I don't see how you take a visit to Indiana and not want to go there. For one, just the culture there is obviously basketball, 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 you know, that they love their Hoosiers. And then when you meet the coaching staff and you hear them talk and, you, and they kind of lay a plan out for you, you know, everything is genuine. Like for me, when I – met the coaches and build a relationship with them. Everything they told me before I got there and I got to campus, it was that. So for me, um, it was great. You know, a lot of players that I talked to before coming to college, they'd be like, yeah, the coaches are nice before you get there. And as soon as you get there, they're a-holes. But, you know, I, I didn't experience that. So for me, you know, it was great. And as far as other recruits, I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously I talk to certain guys, you know, I have relationships with certain guys. But I think if you just look at, you know, the year I had and, you know, the confidence that the coaches had in me, I think if they look at that, they'll be like, wow, you know, I can kind of be in those shoes and hopefully maybe do the, do the same thing. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with Khalil Ware before he committed? Yeah, I, I mean, I know Khalil. Um, me and him, both like highly rated high school players. We ran yeah. like the Jordan Brand Classic. I think that was when I met him. 
um, started talking, you know, and then we came out to L.A. We're part of the same agency. So we got to work out last year and he was already committed to Oregon. But, you know, that's my guy. Me and him been talking, you know, throughout the year when he was at Oregon and everything. And once he reopened his recruitment, you know, I FaceTimed him. It was kind of laying it out like Indiana, this, that, that. But, you know, I mean, I, I was just talking to him, you know, because that's like that's my guy. Just talking to right. his friends. But I think the coaches obviously did the work and he came on a visit. And he seen it for himself. And he was like, you know, this is the right school. But. I was definitely in his air, and I told him, you know, just the positives of, you know, coming to can, Indiana. Can you tell us that haven't seen him that much what kind of player you know? Because, I mean, obviously you guys both competed at high levels yeah. in, in high school. You know him probably better than all the really out-of-shape guys who never played basketball who are writing analyst reports about him. So what what are we getting in Khalil? Now, you, you guys are definitely getting a stud. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I definitely thought – you know, no shade on anyone else, but I definitely thought he was probably the best big man in our class. So um, I know his situation at Oregon was a little a little tricky because it was like two other bigs there. And obviously he's a freshman and trying to find minutes and everything. But I feel like um, obviously with Trace leaving, you know, race leaving and, you know, that five man spot's kind of wide open. And then Malik playing the four, I think Khalil will be able to go in right away and, you know, showcase his talents. And, you know, from talking to the coaching staff, they're trying to play a little different, play a little faster, kind of get up and down. So. Um, I think it'll be good for Khalil. You know, Khalil's able to, you know, dribble the ball, shoot it. Um, obviously, a lead on the defensive end, can block shots and do things like that. So I think he's pretty versatile, and you know, I think he'll be a great player for y'all. Not sure how long. Not sure how long he'll be there. But <laughs> well, but look, Jalen, like you, like you, we said this before you even started playing. If you're able to go to the NBA in one year, that means you had a great year. I mean, yeah. that's what that would mean, and you did. And you you made Indiana better for it. And same with Khalil. If he's ever able to go to the NBA after this year, it means he did great for Indiana in his year. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm curious about some of the other guys you're seeing at the workouts and stuff. I'm sure they're guys you've you've crossed paths with, like you had with Khalil. Um, are you a, allowed to speak of who you're out there and you're playing against? And this is kind of like your pledge class, right? You guys are all going into the league together. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and and who's maybe bringing the best out of you? Yeah, I mean, this is we have a really good group out here, a really talented and hardworking group. Um, me, Jet Howard, obviously played against him in the Big Ten, so you know it's been good seeing him. And you know, me and Jet have been friends for a while, so it's been cool being around him. Um, Dylan Mitchell, my high school teammate from Texas. Mm -hmm. um, Julian Phillips from Tennessee. I've been playing against him since I was in like middle school. Wow. Um, Jordan, Jordan Hawkins from UConn. He just won a national championship. Um, Jacob Toppin from Kentucky. Um, Jamie J Jaquez, I think that's how you say his name. Jaime, Jaime Jaquez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude can Jaime, ball. Yeah. Dude can ball. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, he's, he's out got, here. He's got old man game. He's got old yeah. man game. Yeah, um, Logan, you know, the kid from St. Mary's, if you know yeah. him. Um I don't think I miss anybody, but we have a we have a pretty good group out here. It's been really competitive. I just got out here a couple of days ago, so I only had had like two or three workouts. But you know, just okay. for me being here, like it's been really competitive, and it's been great energy. You know, guys are being vocal, pushing each other, competing. So you can't really ask for a better environment. You know, and then just logistically, does your your agency put you up in in like an apartment, like a long term rental or something like that, or short term rental? Yeah, we're so we're. We're like in a hotel that's kind of um, like five minutes away from the gym, like a nice hotel. Kind of got our own room, big room, own space. Um, you know, guys, you know, they get guys. I think they're able to – guys are able to get rentals. 
stuff like that. So and I don't have I don't have my license yet, so I can't drive. But <laughs> but you know, really, guy, yeah, I don't have my license yet. What's that about? You don't want to learn how to drive? No, I do. I know how to drive. I just gotta find some time to get my license. I did go to boarding school for two years. My bird. No need to drive. Her. Yeah, I get yeah, that. No, no excuses, but and I'll definitely get it soon. But you're also you're from the Uber generation, right? Like everybody Ubers and Lyfts. You got that's what you do, right? I mean, yeah, or I'll just ride with a, you know, one of one of the guys working out. You know, we all yeah. pretty much have the same schedule. So we all I right here it. ride with them. <laughs> They they do talk about one of those things that really allows your game to go to the next level is when you turn pro and it's really that focus. And at IU, and obviously you're keeping up with classes for this semester, but it's like you're you're now here transplanted and yeah, you're getting to know the guys or some of the guys you already know, but are you already feeling an ability to focus even more just on the game and improving and like just a, a, a laser focus that maybe even in Bloomington or at Mount Verde, you couldn't quite get? Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, like you said, you are kind of isolated. Like, every single day you're working out. Like, you're, you're literally just preparing for, you know, team workouts and stuff. But I think me, like, I'm, I'm different from most people. Like, I don't really do too much anyway. Like, I'm always either going to the gym or relaxing with my family or my girlfriend or something. So, even being on Bloomington, like, I didn't really do nothing extra. Like, I was always either at the gym, in my apartment, or grabbing something to eat. Like, it was always the same for me all the time. So, I feel like any environment I'm, I'm in, I'm always going to be locked in on the main thing because um, I always just want to get myself better. And eventually I want to be the best. So I feel like you got to sacrifice things and, you know, put certain put time into your craft. So whether that's watching film, going to the gym, getting taking care of your body, whatever that is. Does, does it feel like a sacrifice to you or do you just love living the hoop life? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't really feel like a sacrifice to me because, like, I'm not a person who likes – really going out, partying, or doing anything wild like that. So, and I, I do what I love every day. That's work out, you know, be with my family, um, girlfriend, have my own time. So, I mean, everything, yeah, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. I'm still doing everything that I love doing. You got a girlfriend out there? Uh, Yeah, she was at Indiana with me. Yeah, but is she in California now with you? No, she's not there right now. She's still at school. <laughs> oh, a little. And then you're going to keep this long-term relationship going? Yeah. <laughs> Little wedding bells in the future? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's that's the goal for sure. Definitely and you met goal. her at Indiana? Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, what yeah. that's beautiful. Jalen. That's beautiful. Jalen, that's where I met my wife, and that's where Eric met his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> but but it shouldn't but it shouldn't sound like that. I love my ex-wife. We're very good friends. She's a great person. I have no animosity. I was the problem, not her. You are not going to be the problem. All right, Jalen, can we dive into the season a little bit? Let's sure. dive into our season. So the last time we talked to you and had you on for a while was you had gotten to campus. You were starting to work out with the team, getting to know all the guys. Obviously, you brought your buddy Malik with you, and we're very happy that Malik is going to be at Indiana for another year. Thank you. Um, so what – yeah, by the way, you talking about how the coaches do the recruiting. You recruited Malik, and you got that <laughs> commitment, and we know that's what happened. So you can just sell it to somebody else. But was did anything surprise you about the fan support, how big basketball is in Indiana? You are a basketball junkie, and you went to the best place to be a basketball junkie. When did it kind of hit you when you were at Indiana that, oh, yeah, this is everybody's life is basketball? I realized it um, 
I mean, really, once once we start playing, like, it was just crazy, just the energy there. Um, and, like, not even, like, in a negative way, but I really started to see it, like, you know, obviously I had my ups and downs for the season. So I think beginning of the year when I started off a little slow, like, you kind of see fans and, you know, hear chatter and fans are like this. So I'm like, oh, wow, like, yeah, this is college, Indiana. Like, they love basketball. That's how it is. So I think that's when I really realized, like, yeah, these fans are – Fans are a little different here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess you, there were several games at home, um, sort of the warm-up games, if you will. Everybody's kind of getting their bearings. You go to Xavier, and it's a pretty intense environment. They love their basketball there too. Um, like when when did you feel when did you feel like oh um. I'm now at the next level, like because you were you played in two consecutive national championships that you won in high school. But I'm guessing the crowds didn't really even compare to a regular season game, um, whether it be Xavier or sorry, Xavier or North Carolina. Did did you ever feel that moment like, wow, the stage is so much bigger now and realize, oh, I'm really comfortable on a bigger stage? Yeah, probably like. um like, I did come out to, like, a little – not even – I mean, I just had some off-game shooting and stuff and just, just trying to find my way, find my rhythm. But probably, like, yeah, after the Xavier game, I was like – I mean, yeah, like, it's college. Like, it's, it's college. Um, but I never got down or anything. Like, I was just having fun. Like, I'm a freshman playing college basketball on the biggest stage. So, I was just trying to enjoy the moment. Um, but I think, like, probably that North Carolina game was, like, the first game I was like, yeah, uh, I'm here now. So, it was just – what do, you, what do you remember about that environment when you came out of the tunnel and saw that crowd and heard that crowd? What was that like for you? It was crazy. I, I think prior to that, just my, like, I was just like, I'm always focused and locked in, but like, I just know before that game, people were, I'm not really a person who listens to the outside noise, but I feel like now we kind of live in an area where you kind of hear stuff like it's kind of can't control it. So I was just hearing people saying stuff and, I just think I was just locked in that whole week. Like, I was just, like, going crazy, like, super locked in. So, I know before the game, I was I was ready for that game. And as you can see, when I came out the game, I was hot and I was just hitting shots. So, it was just – it was it was a great feeling and the environment was crazy. Like, it was loud in there. Couldn't really hear anything at all. So, it was it was wild. It also marked, if, if I might, and it's a little bit sad, truthfully, because that was really the – I mean, really the only time we got to see you with a few games under your belt feeling comfortable, X doing his thing on the court, Trace yeah. doing his thing. We got to see the team that we all thought we were going to get. You went for 14 points, five rebounds, six assists, two of three from three-point land, four of seven from the field overall. Xavier had a huge game. Yeah. Trace had a huge game. And you smoked them. Yeah. And it was like, wow, it felt like we're one of the best teams in the country. And when we talked to X, that's what he said, too. He's like, that's how we felt. Did you feel that, that, like, you guys could beat anybody? Yeah, I mean, obviously, with injuries and stuff. And, like, that was literally the last time we played, like, full strength. Everyone was healthy. So, I think just, the mo like, the momentum that we had, I feel like everyone was confident. Like, we were – ready to play anybody like I feel like we were you know the best team in the country if not one of the best teams so obviously I had 
I had missed like a couple games. Well, nothing serious. It was just like some some back tightness, and then X going out. Um, Trace even missed a couple games. Yep. Race. It was just a lot going on, and you know I'm the type of person that everything happens for a reason. So, I mean, that was just God's plan, I guess. So, I mean, even with X out and certain players out, I feel like you know the team still held it together. Um, like sure. I said, we didn't come out with the outcome that we wanted, but I think it's a positive for how the team did last year. So I think the program's just going in an upward direction. I wonder, you know, this was the better part of a year that you got to spend with a lot of these guys. And aside from Malik, I'm guessing you didn't know any of them very well. Um, is is even even with just this year, I'm I'm guessing you you made some real friends for life on this team. Who are you you still communicating with? Who are you in touch with? Um, from the squad and kind of I'm sure they're all just really excited both for you and Trace to go through this process um, what have you been hearing from the guys back home yeah we still we still have our our little team group chat so I mean, I'm pretty much communicating with all the guys still we all still talk um, I live with the three other freshmen so it's with them guys every day obviously still we, we have our own little group chat as well so mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean I was, I was pretty much I was Cool and closer than all the guys. You know, I feel like we had a good team this year. We had chemistry. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty much talking to everyone still. All right. So you missed a couple games after that North Carolina game. You then come back for the Kansas game. Uh, yeah. Can't pick a more difficult environment to come back after you've missed a few. And then X goes out about nine minutes into the game with a yeah. really serious foot injury. You do have a, I mean, a pretty amazing game, actually, considering – you just came back. X went out. You go for 11 points, six rebounds, four assists, three steals in that game. But that uh, you want to just talk for a second about that environment. Like Xavier, I'm sorry, Xavier was a big road game, big environment, but it couldn't have been like what that Fog Allen Fieldhouse was like. Yeah, Kansas was definitely a different environment, and people might disagree, but I feel like like it was it was wild in there, but it wasn't like a hostile crowd. Like they were pretty much just cheering for like their team. I feel right. like other clubs you go in, like people are talking crazy to you, saying certain things. Kansas was almost just ruined for Kansas. Like it wasn't nothing too crazy, but I'm obviously just the history there. It was crazy playing in there. And that was like my first game back, obviously from missing like them two games or whatnot. So um, it was it was a great environment. And then, like you said, X went down. You know, that was obviously a sad moment for us and you know everyone else, all the fans and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was just crazy. You had to immediately – understand what that meant for you even if you didn't know how long x would be out when he might come back was there anything you said to yourself or one of the coaches took you aside or maybe x where it's kind of like here are the keys to the car jalen you're driving now was there was there that moment where you were just like all right now i can't be a freshman anymore Definitely. I mean, before the season, Coach Woodson wanted to, you know, start me and Xavier and wanted us to play together. So, you know, I enjoy playing with Xavier. I love playing with him. So whenever he went down, I was like, 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 damn, like, that, that was crazy. Like, I didn't want him to go down. And obviously for his career, I wanted him to, you know, do well and have a great year and you know do what he wanted to do. But when he went down, I was just like, you know, the keys are in my hand now. Um, I think now in basketball, you know, teams do play with two point guards, but I think this year it allowed me to have the ball in my hands, you know, the majority of the time. And I was able to showcase my my game to you know everyone out there. People seeing that I was able to, you know, control the control my team, control games, um, hit shots and get everyone involved and just do different things, you know. So I think 
in a way, it was really good for me that I was able well, to ball. It clearly was because here's what happens after the keys are given to you. You go for 17 and seven against Elon. You go for 18, four rebounds, three assists against Kennesaw State. You go for 21, nine assists against Iowa. You go for 33 against Northwestern. Now, the sad thing about those last two games where you're really breaking out is we lose those games in part because race goes down. You know, race goes down against Iowa, and it just feels like we're snake bit. But your game is exploding. You then follow that up with 11.6 rebounds, four assists against Penn State. 16 points, five rebounds, four assists against Wisconsin. Wait. Are you starting to feel like – I almost feel like this probably happened for you before you even started in Indiana, but when we talk to a lot of freshmen, they do talk about a moment where the game starts to slow down for them. Was the game slowing down for you at that point versus the first few games of the year? Yeah, if I'm being honest, I think once I was able to, you know, have the keys fully and the ball was in my hand, like everything else, like everything just opened up and, you know, the game slowed down for me. Like, so I feel like I'm, I'm at my best and I'm most comfortable when I have the ball in my hand. So I feel like when I was able to have those keys and, you know, Coach Wilson let me, you know, run a team, like everything else just kind of took care of itself. Wow. Well, Eric mentioned that three-game stretch where I, I would guess I, I don't I can't imagine a time where at certainly at Montverde and I don't know about your career before that where you lost three games in a row, particularly when it's one where you're snake bitten by injuries as a team, uh, when there's so much expectation and optimism for where the team's going to go, and and you're in Indiana now, you're in, in Bloomington. Um, what was it like to kind of go through that? And look, you basically was losing five of seven games at that point. And it, it felt kind of from the outside, like the wheels were coming off. What was it like going through that? And then how did you guys and you individually get beyond that to really salvage the season and make it one that got really fun down the home stretch? Man, it was it was tough. Like like you said, I've I've never lost. I don't think I've ever lost that many games before, like consecutive or just in a season, really. Like because <laughs> I've already, like not even like like in a like in a bad way or anything, but like no, just, I get it. Yeah, but it it was tough. Like obviously for me and just our team, like it was it was just a tough a tough road that we were going down. But I think for me personally, obviously my approach was just the same. Like go in work and. You know, I mean, it's got to take it up another notch. And I think the team, like, we weren't going to let our season be dictated by those losses. Like, we knew we had a lot of basketball left. But I know our coaches were pushing us every day. And I think we just came together and, you know, we just kept working. And at the end of the day, work solves a lot of problems. And, you know, we were going through that little slump or whatnot. But once we were able to, you know, I think our first win that we got was against Wisconsin. And I think we just kind of went on, like, a little streak. And we kind of got some momentum. And, you know, we kind of turned the season around. So I think just us sticking together – us knowing that you know it's not over i think that helped us i yeah. i wonder on that because you have this even keel way about you where you don't get too high you don't get too low no matter what's going on on either end of the court is that just kind of who you are or is that a mentality you've really intentionally nurtured realizing hey if i can if i can keep it even my game is going to benefit that, that's really just how I am on and off the court. Like, I'm pretty pretty relaxed. I'm always pretty calm, chill. Like, I've never rattled. So I think it kind of translates to my game, and you know, I think it helps me because 
you're going into like it's college, you know, especially in the Big Ten. You're going to hostile crowds, a lot of big. Every game is gonna be a tough game. So I feel like for me, I was able to stay calm, stay even kill, and never get too high, never never too low. And even going back to those games that we lost, like I mean, you you can never get too low about that. Like you just gotta keep, put your hair down, keep working, stay confident, and just trust your work. I have never been in that state in my life. And do you know how many gummies it takes for Ward to get to that state? <laughs> I mean, Jalen, we're, ta <laughs> we're talking a bushel. It's why I, mean, I have to live in California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you then, after that stretch of games, you win five in a row. What's interesting is you, you personally hit a little bit of a rough patch, some inconsistencies yeah. in shooting. But one of the things I loved about you in the season, Jalen, I think it was after the Maryland game where you went one of uh, one of 14 from the field and you were interviewed. And I think you gave a reaction like, you know, I don't know. I, I still feel like I had a pretty good game. I took 14 shots like yeah. you were you, you were happy that you got 14 shots in the game. And yes, they didn't go in. But your mindset seemed to be that's what I need to do for this team. and. As, as long as I'm trying, well, then that's progress for me. I got to just keep pushing forward. Do you remember that comment? I definitely remember that. Like, that's that's always my mindset. Like, even if I'm having a bad game because I miss shots or whatever, like, I am I look at it as if I'm – at least I'm not stopped taking the shots and I'm losing confidence. Like, I'm still going to take the shots in. Uh, like, but the game before that, we played Ohio State. And you I hit – like, it. But what I don't even think people know is, like, I had, like, a – some stomach problems or something. So before, I had like, I don't know if it was I ate something or what, but like I had like a stomach flu or something. Like before the Ohio State game, I was throwing up. I had diarrhea. Like I was out Both of ends. it. Both if, ends. If anyone see me in warmups, like I was just like, just like out of it. And like, I was like, man. So that was almost like my flu game. Yeah, but, flu game. But we played Maryland right after that. And I was, I actually lost, like I, I wasn't eating. I lost like 15 pounds. Holy Whoa. shit. So, so whenever I played in the Maryland game, like, I feel weak. Like, I was still unable to really, like, eat. I was just drinking Pedialyte. Like, I was I, – I didn't feel like myself. So, I mean, not, no excuses. But I wasn't really too mad about, you know, the performance. I kind of I, – I didn't feel too good going into the game. But after the game, when I got the interview, I'm like, I mean, yeah, I still took 14 shots. I didn't lose confidence. I mean – I love it. I love it, Jalen. I wish we could bottle it and teach it to other people. Oh, no. I would like a bottle of it to drink for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but look, we're very glad you didn't lose confidence because you are about to truly become an Indiana Hoosier in the biggest way possible because after that Maryland game – the number one Purdue Boilermakers were coming to town. Tell us about just even the lead up to that game, being on campus, what people are saying, what you're hearing. Is there an extra intensity in practice? Um, could you feel that? Because I know once you walked into Assembly Hall for that game, you felt it. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's an in-state rivalry. Like, I've... I remember watching the game whenever Rob hit the shot. Like, I was in my Montverde, like, um, like the little room that we had where we can all watch the TV and stuff. We was going wild. But I think I've watched, like, all the, like, rivalry games on YouTube, just, like, seeing how intense it is. And I think for me, like, yeah, practice is, like, I mean, it's college. Like, you're locked in for every game. But I think the level of focus and just the intensity surrounding that matchup, it was crazy. So I feel like the whole week we were locked in. You know, I was locked in, and we were really ready to – Obviously, beat them. 
Yeah, you oh, were. Oh, yes, you were. <laughs> and you went for 16 points, four, four assists in that, or four rebounds, two assists in that game. It was a huge win, obviously. But you're at Indiana, right? Winning home games, you're supposed to win at home. Uh, we then we then go and but, and but just just to because I know we're gonna go beat them in Mackey in a little bit, but yeah. they were the number one team in the country. Like yeah, how, they were the one team, yeah. I mean, yeah. How, how much fun was it to play in a game that the whole nation was watching? The crowds like that, you know, just give us a a taste of the actual experience of that game itself, and how fun it was in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, I forgot to mention, like, before the game, I always have, like, my pregame routine. I go out and shoot. Most of the time, like, there's not really, like, really no fans or nothing out there, like, no students. But I, I went out to this one, and it was, like, the student section was almost filled. So I'm like, wait. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Oh, so this is, like, really what it's about. So the whole time I'm shooting, they're like, yeah, yeah, feed like, being crazy. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So it's going to be crazy here. And then once we got out for warm-ups and I seen the crowd, how loud it was, I was like, it's definitely showtime. It's Purdue, number one team, ESPN. So it was, it, was, it was definitely great. Let's just take a pause real quick to talk about one of the more fun things to watch was pick and roll with you and Trace. Yeah. And when you started, your game you know, kept growing throughout the year. And clearly in the Big Ten season, Trace hit a level that he's never played at before either and put himself in position to hopefully get drafted maybe in the first round, you know, with with the draft coming up. How much fun was it to play with Trace, a guy that you could throw the ball up to, bounce it to him, he had good hands, throw it to in transition? What was it like playing with Trace? It was great. Um, Obviously an experienced player and – obviously a really talented college player. Like he, his, his resume is crazy. Like he was, it was great. Like he, he made my job a lot easier. And I think I made his job a lot easier. I think us playing in a pick and roll and me, me being able to give him the ball. Um, I, I think we just fed off each other. And, you know, once we were always on, it was almost like a one, two punch. Like it was hard to really stop us. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it was great. Yeah. And, and do you take some of the credit for him becoming an incredible assist guy? Like you, you look through the season and it's almost like you and him are trading back and forth. Who's leading and assists. I I mean, that's something that the national media really overlooked is how good his passing is. And nobody could appreciate that more on the court than you. What, what made him really take his game to that level as a passer? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching him last year, like he was able to make passes, but I think this year, like he, he made a big leap and he was able to, obviously pass the ball and do different things. And I think he, he expanded his game a little bit. And you know, I, I wouldn't take any credit for that because, I mean, at the end of the day, he, like, he's his own player. He, he does what he does. But I will say I think, you know, I, I've helped elevate his game and he helped ele- elevate mine. So I think it was good for both of us. So you go on the road to Michigan, huge win against Michigan. You go for 21 in that game. You follow it up with you're in the stretch of five straight games of double digits, 13 points and four assists, 13 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, 16 points. And then that sets up going to Mackey and Purdue still ranked in the top five in the country. Tough place to play. We know that they're going to be coming for blood because of what you guys did to them in Bloomington. And Jalen, you put on a performance that is going to be remembered forever. I mean, absolutely forever. It is one of the greatest single performances in a big game that anybody who's an Indiana fan remembers. 
Walk us through what that environment was like. I would imagine they weren't as friendly as the Kansas crowd. I would imagine this is one of the hostile crowds. What was it like playing in Mackey? And when did you know that you just had them? Well, it was definitely the loudest gym I've ever played in. Like, I couldn't hear anything on the court. I didn't hear my teammates. I couldn't really hear it. When I'm looking on the sideline trying to hear what Coach Wilson was saying, I couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear anything. So, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've been in loud crowds. You can't really hear each other. But that was literally, it literally just like your mouth was moving. Like, you couldn't hear anything. <laughs> but, but, like yeah, like you said, obviously we beat them at home. And um, Indiana hasn't beaten them in there since – I forget what it was. But, like, they haven't won in there in a while. I think whatnot. since the Civil War. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, like they hadn't really won in there. So, you know, obviously we had the mindset that, one, they're coming for our heads and we want to win in there. Like it's been a while since they did it. So we had to win in there. So, I mean, started the game. I mean, obviously we had the intensity and we wanted to go out there and hit them off first. But I think they got off to like a hard, hard start. They started to, you know, hit shots or whatnot. And, you know, I think Trace kind of got off to a slow start. So I think once I hit my first couple of buckets and, it was just like game over after that. I was just like, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you had a lot of good games this season, and I'm sure you had a lot of good games before you got to Bloomington, but you were undoubtedly in the zone. Is there a, is there a feeling that comes over you on a night like that where you can do no wrong compared to other good games? I mean, yeah, like, I mean, if you, yeah, just watch it. When I, I still look back, I look at all my film because I just like to see parts where I can get better at. But I will obviously watch that watch that game because it's just, like, amazing to see. Like, it's just crazy. Like, like you said, I was in the zone. Like, I was just hitting shots. And for me, like, I was more happy about, about the win because, we one, we swept them and we won in there. We haven't done that in a while. So I was just excited. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It was just – it's something you can't really, like – describe how it was like I was just hitting shots like it was just a moment thing like I, I, I couldn't be stopped so it was do just you crazy. remember your favorite moment from that game do you have a favorite shot that you hit in that game um they, they, in my opinion they were all like, <laughs> they were also nice buckets I, I, don't, I don't know probably I don't know I don't really have a favorite bucket like I feel like I was just killing it in the mid-range here like all, all the whole do night you, do you have a favorite bucket from the season? Because you had some, especially like finishing at the rim, some insane behind the back, up and under. I mean, there was one where you went behind the back, up and under, like Michael Jordan-esque, that was just, that it got fouled. Well, yeah, you you named it. That was by far my favorite play. And if, I don't know, yeah, y'all probably remember, but I in preseason when we played against. Yes, you went behind it, the back. Yeah, it was St. Francis, maybe. That it sounds yeah, about it was, right. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I planned it. Like I in my head the whole time. Like it was fast break. We got to steal whatever. I knew I got the ball. I planted. Like I'm throwing the ball and I'm going around my back and finishing it. Like that was the plan. So same, almost like the same exact play happened in Rutgers game, and I was like doing the same exact thing. And when I put it around my back, like I seen him coming. Like obviously you're going up to want to finish the layup, but like I didn't really think I was. I thought I was just gonna get fouled. So I just went up and under and like flicked it up and it went in. I was like, oh damn, like that's probably gonna be a sports center. <laughs> did you see like, in yeah, Did you see in real time or if not after the fact the incredible picture of Trace and Race looking at you after that oh, yeah. ball went through? Yeah, that was that was a dope picture. <laughs> that was dope. That was dope. Um 
I love a great pass, and you gave us some of the most spectacular, pinpoint, electrifying passes this year. Do you have a favorite pass from the season? Does one step out for you? Um, I don't know. I used to love obviously throwing lobs to Trace. Like, I think we had some moments like coming in at home, Michigan State game. Um, I know I was sitting because I had a couple fouls when I came in. Coach drew up a play to where I get it on the block and I throw him like a little oop. It was something like that. Like, I think that was like a good momentum play to like close out the game. Um, yeah, we, we had, I feel like this year I had a, a lot of good passing plays. So I can't really think of like one specific one. I'm, but. I'm thinking of one specifically, but I can't remember the game or who it was to. I think you basically just gotten past half court and like nobody even conceived that you might be trying to make a pass and you just kind of gun it like right down the lane and hit somebody in stride to get to the I finish. Think, I think that was against um it I think it was to CJ. It was like when I when I still had my long hair, I think, and it was at home. We were playing against um Bethune Cookman or whatever their name. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was that game. I did like I got it, did like a no look and hit him and he finished the layup. Yeah, I yes. remember that play. Yeah, it was no look. That was the one and and I don't think we were watching that together, Eric, but I was like, I I think that's if not the best pass I've ever seen somebody make in an Indiana University uniform, maybe my favorite pass ever because it, we just we have not had that, right. you know. And and it, that's that. Those are also those moments where we all kind of look at each other and be like, yeah, yeah, he's not going to be here very long. <laughs> we better enjoy him while we got him. It's true. I want to talk about the senior day game because it was such a big senior day game this year because of Trace and Race and obviously Miller uh, as well. And and Chili, who who just announced that he's transferring to Indiana Wesleyan, where I think he's going to get a chance to play a bunch of minutes. A great guy, and we've loved getting to know him. But that senior day game against Michigan was a big game for a lot of reasons. And it was a tough game. And Michigan was playing for their basketball lives. You know, they they if they went on a run could maybe have made the tournament and winning at Indiana would have been a big notch for them and a big, a big line in the resume. And it was just a tough game overall. I mean, very tough. Uh, obviously your shot wasn't, you know, you weren't bad at all, but it wasn't like one of your best games, but when it came down to needing a shot, you just, you don't give a damn what happened beforehand. It, you could miss 20 shots in a row, I feel like, and you're like, I'm going to make the 21st. And you hit a huge shot near the end of that game to make that game a victory. What do you remember from that game? And just walk us through that mentality, how you you just seem like you never doubt yourself, ever. Yeah, I'll, never. So, I, I mean, that shot, like, I'm, obviously I've, I'm confident in myself and I feel like I'm a big-time player. So anytime – you know, the game's on the line or we need a big shot. Like, I always want to be the one taking the shot. So, obviously, I knew we were desperate to, you know, get a bucket. And, you know, I came off the screen and seen a little space. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm shooting it. I'm like, I'm confident. I, I, I work on that every day. So, like, why wouldn't I shoot it? But, like you said, I mean, that was obviously a big game. You know, Michigan was desperate. But I feel like we were desperate, too. I know Indiana hasn't won on senior day. Like they they lost to Rutgers last year, and I think they won a couple years prior to that or whatever. Like they were on a losing streak on senior day, so we definitely needed to get a win. And that game was for our our seniors. Like we wanted them to go out with a win. Um, Last home game, so 
Um, yeah, we just wanted to get a win for them. And I think it was a good game for everybody to come see. Like, I feel like everybody probably had, had anxiety watching it, but. Yeah, a lot. I think, <laughs> but I think it was a good game for everyone to see, but. It was. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Have you gotten to remind Jet that you swept him this season? Is that something that's come up out here at the NBA uh, uh, ready camp? <laughs> Surprisingly, we haven't even really, we haven't really talked about it too much, but definitely <laughs> probably going to bring it up one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, definitely. so the Big Ten Conference Tournament kicks off. You beat Maryland. You have a big game against Maryland with 19 points, six rebounds, two assists. We then play Penn State. So listen, man, I just got to ask you, what was it about Penn State, Northwestern, and Iowa? What is it about those teams that gave us so much trouble? I really don't know. I mean, for one, Penn State, we played them at home. They hit like a record-breaking 18 threes, something crazy. So, I mean, going into the next game, I, no one's – like, they're not going to hit 18 threes. Like, no one's thinking that. But, I mean, when we played them, like, I mean, I think they have a good offense. Like, they pretty much – get the ball out, space it out. Um, they let Pickett work and the other guards work. But I think they were just hitting shots against us. And, I mean, sometimes, you know, when a team's hitting threes, hitting shots like that, it's kind of hard to beat them. And you know, it was just a tough game. And, you know, Iowa, the first one at home, I feel like we definitely should have beat them. But, obviously, race went out with this little Yeah, injury. that one was weird. And then the second time at home, I, I mean, I don't really want to speak on that game. That was kind of just an ugly game. We were too lax and days ago. Like, I, I don't really want to speak on that. And then. I mean, yeah. I mean, North Northwestern is is a good team. I know. I know. The first time we came out slow at home, and it was kind of we had to dig ourselves out that hole. And then, same thing at their place. Started off slow. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously those are good teams, uh, Big Ten teams. But well, and let's be honest. If we have X, some of those games have a different result. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely having X or having our team at full strength will definitely help, but. You know, that wasn't the case. X was out. But I, I still feel like we were – what we had, the pieces we had, we should have still won those games. But, um, yeah, that, that that just wasn't the outcome. So, Selection Sunday. You're playing in college basketball. You know that Selection Sunday and playing in the tournament is everything for a college <laughs> basketball player and a yeah. fan. And the truth is, this is probably going to be your only Selection Sunday. <laughs> How much fun was it to see Indiana's name get called – get a decent seed and and just that whole day of Sunday and watching the 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 show with your teammates what was that like it was really dope and I don't know if anyone's told this story of like what happened leading up to that but I'm gonna tell it so <laughs> we have we were in the Big Ten tournament obviously and we had um lost so we left like that night we left at like 10 30 and we were supposed to fly out and head back to Bloomington but I think it was like some some weather problems so you know Mid drive to the airport, they said we're going to you know drive drive back to Bloomington. I mean, Chicago from Indiana is only like three three hours, I think. But we pretty much didn't get home till it was like light outside Ooh. because it, it, yeah, it was just like some stuff going on with the bus or whatnot. So we didn't get back until like seven eight in the morning. Like people waking up like, wait, what time is it? It was crazy. <laughs> so I mean, everyone went back. I know me, I slept all the way up until like three o'clock that day because like we didn't get back till it was like light outside, which is crazy. So wow. you know, I, I was really tired, but I was pretty amped up to, you know, obviously being selection Sunday, never been in it. Wanted to see who we're playing, where we're playing that and kind of see where everything was going to fall down. But yeah, it, it was definitely dope. It was definitely an exciting moment. Um, never been to Albany. Uh, 
but it was it was it was cool. You, pr- <laughs> you probably never need to go yeah. back either. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was, it was cool. You know, hearing who you're going to play and obviously just being able to play in March Madness. It was it was dope. Well, let's talk about that. You're in beautiful Albany, New York, and you are playing in the NCAA tournament. What did that feel like? That experience of of being there and then just taking the court for the first time, knowing like this is March March Madness. It was great. Um, the energy just obviously surrounding March Madness was crazy. And then getting there, even having shoot around and having like an open practice and having media for like 30 minutes, like stuff like that. It was just like, wow, like you're actually really here in March Madness. And, you know, you're a kid, you're seeing all these teams play and you hear the One Shining Moments song and you're just like, dang, like you always want to play in that. So being able to play in it, it was honestly a blessing. And, you know, I, I enjoyed my time, you know, being there at, at the tournament. So a lot of people were predicting it was a very popular prediction for media to make that Kent State was going to beat Indiana. It was a 12-5 game, right? These are the games that 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 the underdog wins a lot. Kent State's too tough for us. They're badass. They're we're we're not tough enough to beat them. Did you feel disrespected from the media at all going into that game as a team? Definitely felt disrespected. Um yeah, definitely felt disrespected. And as you can see, we, we came out aggressive, came yes. out hard. And I mean, I just feel like we all use that as fuel to the fire. And, you know, obviously we, regardless of what our record shows, we obviously feel like, you know, we're the best team. So every single time we step on the court, we want to prove to a team that. And I feel like it's March Madness, do or die, you lose, you're going home. So, um, and I feel like we played desperate, we played hungry, and obviously we came out and, you know, beat them. And then – <laughs> the last game is a Hoosier. Do you want to talk about it at all? I don't mind it. We can talk about it. <laughs> well, well, we could rather than the game itself. At that point, I'm sure you you have a pretty good idea that it is your last game as a Hoosier. What are the feelings that go along with that, and and the trip home with the guys, and knowing it's that's probably your last rodeo with this particular group of guys and coaches. I was bawling, like I was crying my eyes out in the in the locker room. I was in tears, like it was crazy. Like, and then it it really hits you like once you know you get in the locker room, you hear a coach give his little speech, and then you hear like the seniors talk and say their say what they had to say. It was just crazy. It was really emotional. Like I cried like the whole night, and then I ended up running out of tears. But <laughs> it was I was I was just you know sad, and I was sad for for some days. Did that surprise you, Jalen? Did that reaction that you have surprise you that you were that emotional about it? No, nah, I hate losing. So, and that was that's a lot you don't want to have. Like, I've cried after games that like just regular, like re- like regular games. I just get mad and like I hate losing. So that one obviously was like we wanted to win. Like we planned on winning the national title and we lost second round. You know, and shout out to Miami. You know, they were a good team, but um, it was just tough. And then. Especially, I feel like at that time, obviously, I didn't make a decision, but I knew that could have been my last college game and last time I went to Indiana Jersey. So it was it was just a lot of um, emotions, you know, going going through me. But um, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. It was crazy. I, I, w- I want to ask about a couple funny things. So the game that Woody got COVID and couldn't coach. And Yah, yeah, look at him. You're already laughing. And Yah was the coach. So yeah. first off. I would love to know your opinion of Yah as the head coach, but definitely want to know when you found out that he said 
if there's 30 players better than Trace, I'll kiss you. I, I'll kiss your ass. When did you hear about that? And how hard did you laugh when you found out he said that? I actually didn't know he said that until about, I don't even think I knew he said that until the season was over. Really? Like, actually, I did not know he said that until, I don't even know why I found that out after the season. I, I don't know. We might've just been re reminiscing on the season and someone brought that up. I'm like, wait, when did he say that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know he said that. But yeah, it was funny. It was a funny moment, but you know, Coach Jaws, my guy, we're really close, really tight. So, you know, I, I think it was good for him that he was able to coach us, you know, be the head coach. And obviously we got to win. So yes. Um, I know that that was that was that was pretty big time. What uh, we all know that Woody is has got just loads of personality. He's a funny yeah. guy. He he can be he can coach the hell out of you and be on you, but he can also be really funny. What is one funny memory that you are going to remember about Woody that like when you talk to your your teammates in future years, you'll always remember this one thing about Woody and laugh about it. There's so many things because Woody, like, like you said, he has so much personality. He's always joking, trying to mess with you and always says stuff. But I used to get a kick at and practice like we'll be doing something, running a play. And he'll be like, Jason, come here. <laughs> he'll call me Jason because like he used to coach Jason kids. So he used to always call me Jason. I'd be like, coach, you know I'm not Jason, right? <laughs> so I, I used to get a kick at when he did that. Like that was funny. That was probably the funniest thing he used to do. He used to always call me Jason. I'd be like, coach, you know I'm Jalen, right? <laughs> What this is what I think Woody's strategy is. I think he knows that he messes up people's names quite a bit. So then he turns it into like a bit. So whenever he does it accidentally, people think he's just giving them a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Right, coach, yeah, coach, coach Woody's hilarious. Like that's Coach Woody's my guy. Like I enjoyed him as my coach. Like I love Coach Woody. Probably like I had great coaches in my career, but Coach Woody's probably like like my favorite coach, just on and off the court. Like he's he he was he was great. That's wow. awesome, man. All That's right, cool. listen, we always ask people that spend time in Bloomington a few Bloomington-centric questions. Granted, you weren't there that long, so maybe you won't even have answers to some of these, but favorite pizza? Da Vinci's. Ooh, we've not heard that one chosen. Okay, good. Have to check that out. Favorite non-pizza meal or restaurant? Siam House. Thai food. Nice Good for you. What would you get there? I get the my order would be. So if anyone doesn't know, I'm pretty much like vegan. So oh. that's why I like the veggie pizza. They have a great vegan pizza. Okay. Um, and then I love Thai food. So I would get um the spicy basil fried rice. <laughs> you get, okay. You get no egg, um, no fish sauce, and then you get tofu. Then I get dr the drunken noodles the same way. Um and then you get a level three for spice. I like a little spicy food, but I don't like it too spicy. I want to be able to eat it. So I'll get that. And then sometimes I'll try to curry. Okay. How how long have you been vegan? Um, pretty much like this whole basketball season. Like I've I've always been like pretty strict on my diet. So like I cut out like red meat and um pork like my sophomore year of high school. And I was I, I would still do chicken here and there, but once I got to like Indiana, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much gonna go vegan, go straight, no dairy, no cheese or anything like that. But like I'm I'm like I'm still like vegan, but like here and there I'll do like a little piece of salmon or do some seafood just to get like a little bit more protein. But I'm pretty was, I'm pretty on it. How do you supplement protein out outside of seafood? Um, I mean it's 
people think it's hard, but once you kind of do it for a while, it's not that bad. Obviously, getting your tofu's in you, a lot of rice and beans, vegetables, uh, protein shakes, shakes, uh, yeah, different stuff like that. So it's de it's definitely a lot of ways to get your protein in. Um, sometimes you got to even get a little bit more, like portions, just so it kind of fills you more and get you right. But my my body feels way better and way different. Like I don't really get inflammation in my muscles. Mm. I'm not never really like. I mean, obviously, you get tired if you're working hard and stuff like that. But I'm never, like, too tired where I'm just, like, sluggish. Like, I always feel good waking up in the morning. Like, I'm ready to go, regardless if I'm tired or not sore. I'm always just, like, good spirit of spirit wow. about it. I, I actually made a big move, too, and cut out red meat from uh, my lunch today. <laughs> not having any red meat for lunch today that's what just I carbs just pure yeah. carbs no just all <laughs> carb load and no red meat uh all right you're in a fight you're walking down an alley bunch of guys are there they're gonna jump you yeah you pick only one person from your team this year to be with you to fight this gang of hooligans who are you picking Malik. Yeah, no hesitation. <laughs> Go with the OG friend. Now, is that because you have loyalty to him from Mount Verde, or do you really think Malik would tear someone's eye out if he had to? Like, I just, like, like Malik is a kind, like, like nice person, but, like, I've seen another side to Malik to where he'll get, like, feisty and, like, he can he can kind of, you know, get, get in that mode. So I'll probably have – I'll definitely have Malik with me probably. And I, I've never been, like, in a situation where, like, I would have to do that. So I don't really know how no one else would kind of react to it, like, be in that situation. So <laughs> right. I'm just going to person there. I kind of know. <laughs> okay. You're, you're, you're sad. Big loss. Uh, you don't want to be sad anymore. You want to be cheered up. You want to laugh. Who, who of your teammates are you going to have come in and start cracking some jokes to make you laugh? Caleb Banks. <laughs> 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 nice. We don't get to see that side of Caleb. Yo, no one. I feel like everyone like has the has the image in their head about Caleb, but like K Caleb's real quiet. But once you know him, like he's the fun. Like he's so hilarious, and he don't even sometimes he don't even really got to say nothing. Like he can just look at you and you just laugh. Like he's just like naturally funny. Like he just does funny stuff. All right, you're back in Vegas. You're you're about to play Arizona. You're in like your rooms on the fifteenth floor. You get in the elevator with one teammate and the elevator breaks and you're stuck in the elevator with one teammate for 10 hours, who would you not want that teammate to be? Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> who would annoy you if you were stuck in a small space for 10 hours with them? No, I don't like none of my teammates. Like I'm not even just saying this. Cause like, I like, I, but, like, none of my teammates were, like, they annoyed me or nothing like that. Like, no one did anything bad to me. But I would say, like, I don't really know who was claustrophobic or not. So I'll give an answer saying, like, whoever was claustrophobic and would be freaking out, I would not want to be in there with them. All right. That's a but I don't like small, I don't, I don't like small spaces either, so I'll probably be freaking out myself. Right. Listen, man, <laughs> I, know, I know that you're going to become a giant star in the NBA – and so everybody's going to kiss your ass that's around you for the rest of your life. Let me tell you something. That was a bullshit answer. That was a bullshit answer. And I know everybody's going to say in the future, oh, Jalen, that was so thoughtful and diplomatic. That was bullshit. And we knew you before you were an NBA star, and we'll always tell you the truth. That was bullshit. 
I can't answer that. I don't really know. All right. Well, look. well, I can tell you Ward is like my best friend, and he's the last person I would want to be stuck in an elevator with. All right. Oh, between you two, between you two, I would much rather be stuck in an elevator with you, and I guarantee you Ward would much rather be stuck in an elevator with you than me. Or myself. <laughs> All right, Jalen. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, oh, you got something else, Ward? No, I'm just going to beat you to the punch. I am so damn happy and proud and grateful that you chose to come to Indiana University. Watching you play this year was such a treat because of how you play the game of basketball, the way you carry yourself. It, it, it's just, it was a privilege to watch you in that uniform. And every time we watch you play in the NBA, which is going to be a lot, we are going to be so full of pride that you are one of us and that you chose to be one of us. And uh, I just want to thank you for what was uh, a miraculous season and what no doubt is going to be a very long career of enjoying watching you play. No, definitely. man. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. You know, you guys have been great, great supporters and, um, and I appreciate you guys. I'll, I'll always be in touch. I'll always be a Hoosier. So, you know, I appreciate, appreciate you guys for everything. And I'm just going to add, look, Jalen, you were our first Hoosier hysterics ambassador. Yeah. And we started the NIL collective so that we could make deals with players like you. Uh, and it's all for the reasons that Ward said. And I've had the pleasure of meeting your mom in person several times, talking to her on the phone several times hearing about how much your sister means to you and knowing how much that relationship means to you. I, I am emotional right now. I am. I am going to miss you donning the Indiana across your chest and wearing those candy stripes because you're, I mean, just you're everything we want to root for and everything we want to represent Indiana. I am also really happy for you that you get to live out your lifelong dream and there is a lucky, lucky NBA team out there and a really smart GM who makes you their first pick in the NBA draft. And we will be rooting for you every step of the way, man. We, uh, we love you, and we love your family, and uh, can't wait to watch your career. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Appreciate you. Well, oh, what do you got? We're going to ask Jalen to be the first one to do the thing that we've always forgotten to ask people to do. You remembered. Yes. Okay. So you got to coach him up. Yes. At the end of our podcast, we always tell people to follow us on Twitter at Hoosier hysterics, but then we have to tell people how to spell hysterics because when we registered it, we couldn't get it spelled out. So there's no vowels in it. So we say for the hysterics, no E, no I, but the sometimes why. So we need you, when I cue you, to just say, but the sometimes why. Okay, but you're going to tell me when to do it. <laughs> yes. I'll give you one, two, three, and I'll point, and then you just say, but the sometimes why. Got you. All right. One, two, three. But the sometimes why. <laughs> Best that's ever been done. <laughs> Jalen, good luck. Say hi to your mom for us, and don't be a stranger. Of course not. Of course not. Appreciate you guys. I'll, I'll uh, keep in touch, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Take Thank care, you. man. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. That was our guest. 
that was a guest. One of my all-time favorite people that I've met. He's just so mature and smart and sharp and insightful, even though he ducked one question. Um, <laughs> I just, I am sad because, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you and I talked about it. We made the NIL ambassador deal with him and started the collective to make deals with players like that, to get them to come to Indiana by hoping that, you know, whatever efforts we would make would attract players like that. And then when Jalen decided to come, we were like, we're going to put a flag in the ground and make a deal with him and Malik, obviously. But Jalen's the guy to represent us and represent Indiana. And I'm going to miss him. I love watching him play. Loved him. I watch Indiana University basketball to watch players like Jalen. And, and we were lucky growing up. And there's a lot of guys you can name that you just loved watching play and the, the way they played the game. And to see him out there on the court and just it's it's really it's about enjoyment. It's about pleasure. Like we get we get lost, you know, in the wins and losses and all this. But just to see a player and a human being who you are so happy to see on the court in that uniform like that's it kind of all comes down to that and ideally you have you have quite a few of them out there together and they're playing good ball and winning games but so much of what people talk about and think about and remember are the iu basketball players that they love and he is now one of those for us for so many who watched him play this year. And I just think about all those little IU fans who are coming of age and saw Jalen play this year. And he's their guy. He's They're going to grow up being Jalen in the court. They're going to buy NBA jerseys, you know, Jalen Huchifino jerseys. And and that's, and that's where his legend will only grow because you've got uh, hopefully a good 15-plus years of him doing that at the next level. And um, I'm just I'm just so happy for all of us. We we got to see him and that we will get to continue to see him. And he'll always be a Hoosier. There's so many fucking Kentucky Wildcats out there. There's like seven in every game and it makes me sick so that he's going to be out there. Um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Two things that he said in the conversation that just stuck out to me that I wrote down. One was he said as a player. I don't understand how you can come on a visit and not take away that you want to be at Indiana University. Put it on a T-shirt. Right. That was awesome. And uh, and just says everything about why we loved him because of how much he loved Indiana. And then the second thing was, I mean, there were many things, but the other thing I wrote down, he went on YouTube and watched old Purdue-Indiana games. Man. Yes. Yes. Right? Loved that. God, is that everything we want? <laughs> yes. He went on fucking YouTube and watched old Purdue games to take in the rivalry. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I am going to say again, man, HHNIL.com, your money goes to players like Jalen Hood Shafino and Malik Renew, who's coming back for a second year and is a really good kid from a really good family. And, and you better believe that Jalen was telling anybody thinking about coming to IU that, yes, what they told you that NIL is good at IU. It's absolutely true. I was taken care of. Yeah. Within 24 hours of stepping foot on Indiana's campus, he had money in his bank account after we signed a deal with him. You know, I mean, and significant. 
And that's because of people giving their money to HHNIL.com. So thank you. Um, wow, it's weird, Ward. Um, you know, we haven't done Trace's exit interview, which I think we will, you know. Um, but I feel very emotional about this one because I don't remember, like, a guy that we came in with with this podcast where we had them at the beginning of their IU career and then kind of knew them for a while and then at the end of their IU career. Now, granted, this was only one year. I get that. But I, I don't even remember who else. Like Rob Finnessy, he transferred, so we didn't do one of these. Well, because it's, you know, we obviously talked to to Anthony and Trey when they committed, which was a while ago, but, but story they're still, still there. Going. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's like this is the we first just, time we've we've had to say goodbye. Yeah, it's the first bookend one. Mm. You know, maybe what we should do also, Ward, is put those out as like a collection, as a separate episode where we just string them both together. Mm. You know, and we also got him on um because we got him at the beginning, then we got him at the fantasy camp. We right. talked to him again at the fantasy camp, and then this time, um. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm really kind of emotional about it because I love the kid. I love the family and I, I want nothing but the best for him and, and his family and his sister. So that's it. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the sometimes why. Yes, yes. I yes. never would have remembered that you did it. The first one ever. It's a good one, too. It's a real good one. All right. Let's do it again next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.